Before we start, I just want to say an extra special, absolutely super-duper, scrumpy, lovely, delicious thank you to our latest Patreon supporter, Adam Marshall. Uh, thank you so much for getting involved supporting Cop On Podcast. Glad you appreciate the show. If anybody else would like to get involved, you can win prizes by doing so. You go to patreon.com forward slash Cop On Podcast. And, uh, of course, I will read out your name at the start of uh, the next episode. But, uh, you know, also you you actually have the chance to win stuff. Um, so... Uh, thank you to Adam Marshall, and uh, I, I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 15 of Cop On Podcast, you puffy pom-poms of glee. Of course, we're in the middle of another stupid uh, international break. Uh, and to quote the great French poet Charles Baudelaire, it feels a bit like this. Yesterday... Now, tomorrow, forever. A dry desert of boredom, an oasis of despair. But before we consider spooning our own eyeballs out and then eating them, I'm delighted to bring you our latest conversation about our sparkly, spangly reds, this time with an LFC fan called Jamie Whitby Coles, whose life has more variety than Lady Gaga's bikini collection. Not only does Jamie regularly tour Europe and America playing drums with the truly excellent music group called This Is The Kit, he has also appeared in one of the biggest Bollywood films ever, which is called Lagan, L-A-G-A-A-N. He was also a professional cricketer, and sometimes he even does some painting and decorating in Bristol, where he is now based. So, I really hope you enjoy the the chat we have, and uh, yeah, keep listening to Cop On Podcast. Feel free to share us or get in touch with us, coponpodcast at gmail.com. Let's talk about Fulham. Let's start when we talk about Fulham. Our lineup on that day, we, we, we went for a 4-2-3-1, of course. That's what uh, Mr. Klopp chose with Alisson in goal. The usual back four. Vineldum and Fabinho holding. And then basically four interchanging attacking players with Shakiri, Firmino, Mane and Salah. What did you make of that lineup? I thought it was a good lineup. I was pleased uh, that Shakiri was starting. He seems to be in good form, and I was also pleased to see Fabinho starting again, or Fabinho. I'm not sure how you say it, but I think it's good that he's getting game time. I think he needs it to get up to speed with the with the Premiership, the defence. As usual, Trent Alexander-Arnold, despite his kind of dip in form, he didn't have a great game against Fulham either. But he was also up against Sessignon of Fulham, and who was very fast. And in which case, he, he had a better game than I'm giving him credit for. More generally, as the first half was unfolding, uh, what did you think of uh, how we started the match? I think they started. They started okay. 
a bit slowly for my for my liking, but maybe that was to do with the the new lineup. Um, but there just seems to be you know the the continuing trend of missed chances. I think there were opportunities early early on, and the usual thing happened of you know whether it was Firmino or Salah missing opportunities for an early goal because games are always easier for Liverpool. I think generally if they score an early goal, and then they can bring the other team on and then go for it a bit more. Well, that's true. I mean, just to jog your memory a little bit, some stats from the game, right? Fulham had eight shots, but they actually had six shots in the first half. They had three shots on target. We had 21 shots in total with seven on target. Uh, Possession, um, we absolutely dominated 73%, but possession doesn't really mean much does it um our pass accuracy that's important 87 percent and they were at 70 percent we had 11 fouls to their nine which is a fabulous result for liverpool i love it when we win the fouls uh and we had one yellow card and they had one yellow card we had two offsides and they had five they had six shots in that first half and i think we were lucky. The big talking point, of course, is Mitrovic heading the ball into the goal. Have you seen it back, Jamie? I have seen it back. And it, yes, it was very touch and go. Uh, I think it was probably, I'm not sure. It was. I think it was so 50-50, even VAR would have struggled to have decided the result but one would have thought it sh- the goal should have stood possibly but of course it didn't and then then as you rightly said Trent Alexander had a, had a good pass out from Allison despite the still apparently moving ball which of course isn't allowed so that was another reason why the goal was contentious but then Trent played a lovely through ball f- for Salah and he was off like he so often does and Lovely finish. He's good, isn't he, Mo Salah? He's great. He's had another slow start to the season. I think that's fine. I don't see what the all the problem is with with that. I hope he kicks on a little bit for the team's sake. And he still misses a few chances, but he's great. Yeah, I love him. Well, I'll just uh, bring up some stats for the season for Salah. He's got Mo Salah has got eight goals this season and four assists from 17 matches in total 1375 minutes of football uh which is good from a winger i don't know what people want um he's gonna keep banging them in he's just getting into form he's just finding his his mojo in terms of his finishing i think he's absolutely brilliant um and it's his pressing as well that I enjoy. He's he's always he's a he's a menace. He's he's like he's like that 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 bully in school when they you know just see that you've got the best top trump, and you know they I they make a beeline right for you and they bosh you on the head and then they see who else has got the best top trump and then he goes and he attacks that person as well. And, uh, you know, I think it's great. And he's a marvellous player and a credit to the club. Um, Shakiri 
what do you like about Shakira? You said you were happy that he started. Why? I mean, what does he bring to us? He's got a bit of ingenuity. I think he's got a good pass on him. He can see a good pass. He can hit a good free kick. Just that bit of creativity that our kind of midfield lacks. He's a good he's a good in between man. So he he can be the guy to kind of if you had you know Coutinho could never be replaced. But he's a he's a pretty good guy for that. I think. I mean, they're big boots to fill. Um, if you pardon the pun, I mean he can't replace Coutinho, can he? No, of course he can't. But I would say he's probably the best, next best thing for us at the moment with the different, slightly different style, I would say, that the Reds have employed. As Klopp has discussed, less of the heavy press and just, you know, taking a bit more time. And I think he's probably the best option at the moment that can, that can help with on the assists count and, you know, set up Salah and possibly Mane, you know, just just the guy who can get in between the lines, fill the gaps, you know, that kind of thing. Yes, we've missed that, definitely, yes. Yes, totally. Um, but I, I love him. I mean, I think he's, uh, you know, he does have many nicknames, this is true, and, and a lot of them are not uh, particularly uh, um, flattering. The latest one was the, the, the Toblerone Gnome or something silly like that. Um, I don't... I don't condone this kind of behaviour. He likes to be called XS, that being, uh, you know, they being his initials and uh, perhaps half of his favourite band. Uh, and I'm going to go with that. XS, uh, the, the Swiss um, lovingly refer to him as the Power Cube. So I'm going to call him XS, the Power Cube, uh, with all my respect. Um I think he's great. He's a, you know, he's he's uh, he's a, he's an odd-looking character, and uh, I like odd-looking characters. Like, you know, I identify with them, and uh, he's, uh, you know, he's doing us proud. Let's just say, um, Andy Robertson, uh, discuss. Andy Robertson, what what hasn't been said already? What a star! I think he's just. Amazing and um, up and down the wing. His defending is, I think, is excellent. But also, he can whip in such a good cross. And I wonder what the stats are for him and Salah because I wonder how many goals that he's provided for Salah from that left wing. Really, yeah, fantastic player. Fantastic, one of my favourites. And I think he was, he was, I think he was my man of the match. I think against Fulham, he's just non-stop and. Yeah, I think he's become a real fan favourite. What was better, Robertson's beautiful cross or Shakiri's finish? I would say both of equal quality. Absolutely lovely goal. Fantastic cross, big booming cross, a big arc on it from that left wing first time. And it it came in and then Shakiri on the slow motion, it kind of came off his, kind of just above his ankle and... Uh, the lower part of his shin but the control that he got from that was amazing and it just curled into that bottom corner yes i'd say i'd say of equal quality i disagree sorry <gasps> i i know uh sorry i think shakiri's finish was of extraordinary quality 
Um, I think he made it look easy. And the ball was great. I mean, it was a great ball. It's like the perfect sort of cross, you know. Uh, you know, it, you can't really improve upon a ball to the back post from the from where he was quite deep. Uh, I mean, it's absolutely wonderful ball. But the finish, the control, you know, how many times in your life have you seen that go wide, go over, or just, you know, go right into the ground or, you know, sort of scuffed? But the timing was inch perfect. The placement was wonderful. And uh, I think the finish was harder to do than the cross. So he edges it. He edges it. 9.5 for the cross, 10 for the finish. But that's just my opinion. Uh, what can I say? Andy Robertson, what a player. He's got three assists already this season, which is... Uh, which is very nice. He's also had a couple of shots on target and a couple of shots off target. Um, and uh, he just keeps bombing up and down, doesn't he? He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a joy to watch. Um, here's a bit of a trivia question for you, because we're talking about uh, Shakiri is probably my man of the match, probably, just because he's got that, that little spark of wizardry uh, around his his power-cubed body. And, uh, you know, Robertson, your man of the match, totally understand that. But here's, as a trivia question, which player provided most the most key passes during that match? Oh, what a good question. I wonder. Um, I wonder who that was. I I hope it was Fabinho. I don't think... Fabinho, I don't think it was... I don't think it could have been Mane because he was quite in and out. It was actually a player who I forgot played, Bobby Firmino, who surprisingly, I think, got got five key passes. So that's a pass that leads to a a, a chance or leads to an assist, if you like, but, you know, a pass that breaks the line that leads to some kind of goal-scoring opportunity. He had five of them. Uh, and then I watched the highlights back and I was looking out for it. And it's absolutely true. Understat.com didn't lie. Uh, it, he's actually, he's getting a bit of a bad, bad, uh, a bad rap this season. I mean, he's he's been a little bit, I don't know, I called him jaded myself. But uh, he's actually still doing the business if you, if you were to look at the, the stats. But there you go. Yeah, Firmino, of course. I mean, he's without doubt one of my favourites. He has been slightly under the weather this season, possibly because of the World Cup, who knows. But he still made five key passes. That's fantastic. And it reminded me of your observation, I think, in the previous, in last week's podcast, where you compared him to a monk in tattered robes revealing his private parts yes uh did i keep that in i thought i'd edited that out but uh, yes uh, yes i did compare uh, him to uh, a monk whose whose robes were were fraying uh i seem to remember and that uh, he was about to he's so he's playing within himself because he's trying not to re reveal his uh, his private parts um but yes no it turns out he's he's playing like a like a dangerous monk with fraying robes, which I didn't realise until I checked understat.com. So thanks to them for that. 
Um, yes, so that second half performance, in my opinion, was was very good. I mean, I did uh, notice the difference. I thought in the first half we were a bit sluggish, but uh, it was 12 o'clock, so that's fine. Uh, so let's just move on to the to the to the general season then uh we mentioned it before in terms of the news Sturridge's betting accusation uh what do you what do you reckon to the to the whole palaver yes it seems like i mean i haven't i don't know if there's any more news on it but i just read one report saying that he of course said that he'd never betted on football but then the accusation is perhaps a passing of information from him i i'm a f- big fan of Sturridge so i hope that they are just accusations and I'd, yeah i'd be really surprised if you know he's he's gone down that route of things well from what i've read apparently the story uh emanated i can't remember where i read this so uh i'm not sure if it's a reliable source but um there was a guy uh, who was uh, they? They referred to him in this article as a blue collar worker, which is very Orwellian, and he uh, um, put a lot of money, a five figure sum, on Sturridge moving to Inter Milan, and then there was some kind of investigation as to why this guy, who didn't have much money, was betting so much on Sturridge moving to Inter Milan. But of course, if you're gonna give somebody a tip off for a transfer like that and then they put loads of money on it surely you would be it would be wiser to tell them the truth uh because he obviously he didn't go to Inter Milan and if I was a footballer and you know I would hope to know where I'd be playing uh um so yeah I don't know what the story is exactly no nobody does uh but um I just hope, really hope, now that he seems to have got his fitness back and he's got his 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 pizzazz and his, you know, the fire that he's uh, been you know, somewhat, you know, striving to, to rekindle uh, over the past couple of seasons. And now it's back and it would just be, you know, so heartbreaking for him if anything was to happen because of this accusation. So I'm going to stick by him. And I'm sure you will too. And um, you know, hopefully that, uh, that it will all blow away this uh, this story. There was another story. I don't know if you saw it, Jamie, about um, the the potential sale by our owners, Fenway Sports Group, uh, for you know, Liverpool, they're thinking of putting Liverpool on the market for around two billion dollars or pounds not even sure a lot of money um obviously i've got no idea if there's truth in it nor does anyone else really um but hypothetically speaking what sort of owner would you like at liverpool if fsg were to sell gosh oh i've got no idea i think that i think the owners have been great i mean they've done they've They've built the new stadium. They've provided enormous amounts of cash <clears throat> for the new signings. And I think they've been great. I'd be very surprised if... Because it, was it, is it the Boston Red Sox, I think, that they yes. own? And 
I think they've had them a long time. They've become very successful. I think they've just won another World Series. Um, so I, I, would, I would hope that they're in it for the long haul. And I've got no idea if a new owner came in. I don't know. I don't know what that would look like in this day and age. You know. Well, it's someone with two two billion pounds. Uh, or dollars for a start. So I mean, you know, you're you're probably looking at if it's not a consortium, another sort of consortium that it would be, you know, a mega rich. What do they call them in the tabloids? A mega rich oil baron or something like that. Oligarch. That's it. Yes, I would say I prefer a more traditional. Who was the guy? Was it David Moore's? Wasn't it before? Did he he sold them to the. The first American duo um, before we we were lucky enough for the Fenway Sports to take over. So yes, I'm I'm very happy with them, and I think they've been great. So long may that continue. Let's talk about Man City then. Talking about uh, rich clubs, um, they are, when you think about it, the best Premier League team in history, having got a hundred points, way more than anyone else. Uh, last season um i'm still in two minds I, I i i looked at a comparison between man city and liverpool this season today i've got it right in front of me uh if you look at for example um goals scored we've scored 23 and they've scored 36 um it's a massive difference attacking wise they they're insane and they've also conceded only five goals as well as us in, in 12 matches. Their passing accuracy, which I think is a very important stat, is 89%. We're on 85%, so we're not far behind them, but it is quite a big difference. Um, uh, the, everything, are, if you compare the stats, which I'm doing on PremierLeague.com, they are ahead of Liverpool in pretty much everything. Which, about a week ago, was making me sad. But then I listened to the wonderful Anfield rap, and somebody, I can't remember who it was, because I listened to so many shows, my ears are almost bleeding. And somebody made a, a fantastic point, though, which is basically this. If we scrape through... Getting 1-0 wins, 2-1, 2-0, you know, little wins compared to the, you know, the humdingers that City are getting every single match. Um, we're still going to be two points behind them. And psychologically, that could be a big advantage to us because they could think, well, we've been hammering teams and there's still this... This Liverpool, this Liverpool mosquito buzzing round our ears at night. Can we crack them, Jamie, or are they just too good? Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I think it's just a question of hanging in there and staying on their coattails because they're such a good team. And no matter what changes Pep makes, they still, you know, get a, a big result. And I think it is just a question of hanging in there. I think, I, I think possibly Man City are desperate for the Champions League. Maybe their focus, if they if they have a good run in the Champions League, maybe their focus could could be drawn to that, and therefore the, there might be a chance for Liverpool to keep up with them. 
because they are, I think, yeah, I think they're just such a phenomenal team. And they're so, you can see that this Pep Guardiola's just got them in the perfect spot. They're just playing so well for him. So, yeah, I think it's a question of hanging in there. And who knows, maybe Jürgen is, is holding us back for the right moment to explode into a serious amount of form. Well, yeah, I mean, I like it. I like it. Yes, I like that idea that we're, uh, we've still got a long way to go in terms of Im- Im- improving ourselves. And uh, we're a city, they're sort of already on, on top form. But looking at their next five matches, right, they've got, they've got West Ham away, then Lyon away, Bournemouth at home, Watford away, and then Chelsea away on the 8th of December. And I think to have, uh, what is it, one, two, three, four out of, the la- out of the next five matches away from home could tire them out a little bit. Um, and then that Chelsea-Man City match on the 8th of December, I shall be watching that match like, like, a, like a hawk without eyelids. <laughs> yeah, that's a big game. I'd love, I'd love a draw in that game because Chelsea, of course, have also had a brilliant start. They're looking really good, and yeah, I think the Reds have just got to, just got to keep going, stay steady. I don't mind so much about the performances; just keep getting those wins, and um, yeah, possibly four away games. It just seems that they've got such a good squad. Whatever changes he makes, they just seem to keep on, you know, it doesn't seem to make that much difference to the team. They just keep winning, they keep playing very well. But I think because there's so much room for improvement for Liverpool, I think that's a good thing for us. So I think I'm feeling very heartened by that. Excellent. Well, let's look at our next games then. Um, After the international break, we've we've got Watford away, PSG away. And Everton at home, ooh, before before uh, before Burnley away, and then Bournemouth away. Wow! Again, four away trips out of five, but our task looks a little bit trickier. Uh, Watford, PSG, and Everton—that's all in in the week after the uh, international break. Um, what are your immediate thoughts on those three? Very tricky. I, I've just got this feeling that will remain unbeaten perhaps in the league until the Toffees come across town and teach us a lesson. They seem to be doing pretty well under their new manager, um, who I like. I like Marco Silva and they seem to be playing well. That's going to be a hard game, as ever, um, even at home, I think. And also, he's got a, I think he's got quite a good record against Klopp. Watford... I would hope for a positive result there. PSG, also a very tricky game away. Who knows how that, who's, how that will go, but we need to win it. So hopefully it'll be all guns blazing. But yes, tricky, tricky. Um, well, with the PSG match, we, we, we don't have to win it. Um, because if we lose, then we have to beat it's much better if we do win it. But if we lose, we have to play uh, Napoli at Anfield and win by two goals. And then we go through anyway. Um, whatever whatever the result in Paris. But yes, if we win in Paris, um, 
then PSG are out basically. So that that we could automatically qualify and then relax for the uh, for the Everton game. Um, but if we do lose, then we've got Everton, Burnley, and Bournemouth before playing Napoli at Anfield. So it's all it's all very tricky, very much in the balance. Uh, Watford, Liverpool is the first one away. Have you seen anything of Watford or not really? I haven't seen much of Watford, but I think they're doing quite well, aren't they? Are they in the top ten? I think. And we, I seem to remember once us. A couple of seasons ago, we lost really heavily to Watford. I remember Adam Bogdan was in goal um, due to injuries, I think, and I think he had a pretty poor game, even though I like him as a goalkeeper. Um, and I've, are they a bit of a bogey team, Watford? I'm not sure. Well, you hang on. I think I, I, I might have, I might have food poisoning. Did you say you quite liked Adam Bogdan? <laughs> I did, and it's because he 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 reminds me of a, an actor from an old '80s film with Tom Hanks in called The Burbs, and he he's he looks exactly the same as this sort of character, very strange character that he played, and not Adam Bogdan, so I don't think it was him. But um, <laughs> yes, I like for some reason I like his I like his appearance and. On a good day, I think he's actually a good goalkeeper. It's just that he doesn't have many of those good days. <laughs> well, OK, as long as it's, you know, primarily for aesthetic reasons and uh, sort of, you know, nostalgia rather than, uh, you know, <laughs> a goalkeeping ability, because, uh, yes. Um, but, uh, no, good luck to him, Bogdan. I do hope he's having a marvellous season wherever he is. Uh, but no, Watford, yes, they are a bit of a, I don't know, they always give us a good game away when we play away uh, at uh, Vicarage Road, isn't it, their ground? Um, and uh, the last, uh, I, I mean, the one that sticks in the memory was the first game of last season. Uh, yes, that 3-3 draw when we had Mignolet in goal, actually, that day. Uh, but uh, we should have won. But the thing, the big change from that performance is that now... We've still got the same attackers, um, but our defence is just a zillion times better. And those were the kind of results last season that frustrated me so much before Virgil arrived. That, uh, you know, when you score three goals away in the Premier League, you should win every time. There's no excuse to, to, to concede three, even if one of them was offside and we were unlucky. You shouldn't even concede two. And I just think now we're so much stronger in defence that that could make a big difference. Uh, they've got um, a few good players. Pereira is in sparkling form. If you haven't seen much of Watford this season, uh, do check out his highlights reel. He's in wonderful form and they have good players like Ducore, etc. And um, Holibas, who has four assists already. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. All of this shall be previewed in the next episode of Cop On. Let's come back to the present. And uh, in the present squad, have you got any ideas as to where you would like to see our squad improve, Jamie? Mm, yes, I think it's so great that we've finally got a decent defence together. Gomez has just been incredible this season. I, I, I also put it all down to, to Virgil van Dijk, and Alisson obviously has a great 
a great presence. So a new, a new signing. Ah, oh, that's tricky, isn't it? I suppose if you if you get an injury to Mane or Firmino or Salah, God forbid. Um, yes, who who then who then comes in? Maybe somebody. I guess they need to have pace. That seems to be a because it's for today's game. The the last thing that I saw was um, possibly a move for Julian Brandt, who is a winger, young player who Klopp rather likes. So, I mean, I would trust Klopp in whatever whatever he did, and perhaps yeah, perhaps a, another speedy winger just in case anything happened to our to our Fab Three. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, Julian Brandt, he's from uh, Leverkusen, actually. Yeah, I, I've seen him a couple of times. He's 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 tall. He's uh, 22 years old. Uh, well, he, I mean, he's six foot one. I mean, it's, it's tall for a winger. And uh, he's tricky and he's... I, I think he's a brilliant player. And yeah, I think it's a good point. Yeah, I mean... Back up for our back up for our wingers is a very good idea because uh, if Manny or Salah get injured, we're, we're stuffed. Yes, we're a little bit stuffed. Um, good. Well, uh, we're sort of nearing uh, the the very end. Um, uh, Jamie, I, I want to ask uh, you know your little a little bit about your LFC history. Uh, you don't have a Scouse accent, unlike me. And <laughs> what, what, when, and how did your love for Liverpool start, and how did it develop? Um, well, my my mum is a Scouser, um, although she's she's also she's been in Bristol long enough to have kind of lost her her accent, but it's still there. Whenever she speaks to to our family up north, it comes straight back. So it started with her and my uncle, who was a huge fan. Yes, it's, it was 1984, I think, the European final against Roma. My mum let me stay up to watch it, and ever since then, I was hooked, especially on Bruce Grobler with his wobbly leg, or rather wobbly legs in the penalty shootout. So that game, I watched that game, and I remember watching on a big old TV set, and it just, yeah, it really blew my mind. So since then, I've followed, I've followed the team, and yeah, there's been some fantastic times, without a doubt. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great story. I mean, yeah, I started about eighty-eight, so I miss. I've only seen videos of the the spaghetti legs, as they called it, of Brucey. And uh, yes, but uh, wonderful stuff, wonderful stuff. And, uh, you know, very quickly, I mean, you have quite an interesting life, don't you? I mean, aside from uh, lots of other things, you used to be a, a cricketer and then you were in some kind of Bollywood movie. Well, I was at Gloucestershire County Cricket Club for three seasons. I kind of went up through the youth ranks and then signed a professional contract, then of course got released because I didn't quite have that killer instinct. Um, and then because of that, I then got a part in a Bollywood movie 
of all things. Yeah, I got cast just through chance. They were looking for cricketers who could who could play a bit, and I I got this part in a Bollywood movie called Lagan, which I would recommend anybody to watch because it's a good one. Even though it's, I think, possibly four hours long, as as they are. Um, so that was a rather wonderful experience, yeah. Well, great. And now you're uh, you're playing drums with the the excellent band. This is the Kits, right? Yes. Yeah. Hen- well, hence our kind of introduction. I think I think Kate told me about your your podcast and that you were starting it up and. Um, she said, "Oh, you should you should have a chat with them." And I thought, "Oh, that'd be brilliant." I've never never done anything like that before. And I listened to some of your podcasts, and they're fantastic. And um, yeah, absolutely thrilled to be talking to you. And thank you very much for having me. Well, thank you so much to Jamie. It was an absolute pleasure talking to him. Really enjoyed that conversation, and uh, hope to get him back and his mum for future episodes, which very much looking forward to if you would like to be on cop on podcast if you would like to contribute in any way please contact us cop on podcast at gmail.com or follow us on twitter at cop on podcast my name is owen this has been episode 15 um lots of love to you the listener and only a few more days to go until the big kickoff against Watford. You will never walk alone, my dear loves. Walk on, talk on, cop on.